Good morning, everyone. I want to begin with a personal anecdote that goes back to 1999. After I finished my freshman year at Florida Southern College, I worked as a front desk clerk in a hotel that was owned by quite the character, also the owner of one of the most lucrative um, teams in the sports industry. I loved the job. The objective was to save money for college. It was a great learning experience. Um, it was affirming at the end of the summer to receive the offer for permanency and the options for growth, but I reiterated that I was on the college track. But I say that to also tell you that I got fired a few times by no other than the owner. So there was this protocol, although he was quite the, the, the charismatic person, great with the fans, certainly a successful person. Um, he couldn't stand being on hold um, when he called the property. So I had to learn the hard way, very fast, that when he called, you had to stall just for a few seconds, and it was very helpful when we would thank him for the opportunity. But in the meantime, all we were doing was texting a code to the general manager so that the moment I would transfer the call, the general manager would be on the other end of the call. So here's how it happened the first time for me. The call comes in, I do my professional script, thank you for calling so-and-so, this is my name, I get cut off, get me so-and-so. So I continue with my professionalism, of course sir, let me put you on hold while I get the general manager, that was the mistake. By the time I get back, which was just seconds, the person was yelling, asking for my name and saying that that was my last day. So after the phone call, I go to the supervisor, my supervisor, and I told him, I think today, I guess it's my last day. And he said, oh, you must have talked to so-and-so. Don't worry about it. It's empty words. There were a few times that uh, the owner visited the grounds, and usually we were told uh, beforehand, and yes, there was a code for that too. He stopped by, I don't know what he looks like, I didn't notice the portraits, so he comes into the lobby and I begin my professional script, thank you for being here, my name is so-and-so, and he says to me, go get me coffee. So I, um, by the way, I didn't jump out of my seat. I wanted to have some sort of dignity and control, and I continued my script. Um, we are here to accommodate our guest. I will make sure that your coffee is ready very soon. I walked to the restaurant, and I tell the host and the team there, there's this dude outside. Can you believe? I did say something else, but, um, and he's demanding coffee. And just like maybe in movies that you have seen, the level of pain panic and the pace just changed and code language started to surface and she says you better hurry up and take this coffee make sure it's nice and perfect the way he wants it walk fast don't get fired today I have to add I walked slowly I needed to at least have a little bit of dignity but I got fired for walking slowly 
And I go back to my supervisor and I said, I think this time it is for real. I've been fired. To which the supervisor said, it's meaningless. Don't worry about it. Just laugh it off. It's a joke. So I want to say two things, sidebars, before I get to the real focus here. One, I don't want to excuse myself. No one is excused of offering retaliation in return. Number two, I do believe that good attitude and strong work ethic are traits that every Christian should exhibit no matter how young we are. With that said, isn't it sad and unnecessary, which makes it more sad, to know that a person's words to many people are considered empty, meaningless, a joke. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's just who they are. That is very saddening to hear. This person was living, in a sense, the American dream and had the platform to offer the American dream to many people. But like everyone, he too had struggles and shortcomings. Every single one of us have weaknesses and we face problems and shortcomings. People have health struggles, financial struggles, family problems, attitude problems. We all have those. We ought to confess then that when we profess our faith in God, but we rely more heavily in our own ingenuity, I would say, there's a problem that we need to address. We want to care as Jesus did, but we're often ready to sell off those who, with whom we disagree with or we think are less deserving. So the question, one of the main questions for today, I invite you to think about to what or to whom do you attribute your success, your meaning, and your happiness? I believe we can quantify what we do. If you were to write out your calendar, your day-to-day, -day, or your uh, regular life, you could see, you can actually get a picture of where and how you spend most of your time. And that's telling of what is true to you, what you treasure the most, how you prioritize. And I'm going to also say that there is a possibility that there's some people that may say, look at my life. I just kind of write it out. It's the same old, just going to work, pay the bills, bystander, let me be safe. And let me say that that is also the priority of being indifferent and being so safeguarded that there's not a desire for courage, whatever that may be. I'll say it again, our calendar, how we invest time and our talents and our resources is telling of what we prioritize and who we prioritize. So without the heart and the mind checkings, we can go about life begrudging 
comparing ourselves, wishing for more. And, and the one I want to really uh, emphasize today, we can subdue the virtue, the inability that we were given to have a generous heart, to have a humble heart, because after all, we are called first by our creator to be the bearers of God's image. So we can measure our generosity. There is a saying, and I don't want to uh, put it out there as an absolute principle. I do think it can be debated, but I want to say it so you can ponder on it and see the truth in it. There is a saying, and it goes, always give without remembering and receive without forgetting. When we remember how we are generous to the extent that we're keeping score, we are going to be disappointed. You are going to be disappointed when you see other people not remember sufficiently or as passionately how you recall your generosity. But what is the real problem there? What is driving your generosity? The second part of this quote, receive without forgetting. And this is key. I would say the most important piece. The most important eternal, unmerited, undeserving, um, eternal gift every single one of us can receive comes from God, from God's generous love. And that is what we should never forget. We are loved, we are forgiven, we are renewed, we are saved by grace in Christ alone. So no matter what is happening, that's why we continue to say, be grateful, be grateful during this season. Yes, with all of the shortcomings, be grateful. I'm not saying that we are to refuse a compliment or to never desire a recognition. That is too to the extreme. But when deep down, when deep down our driving force is other than our response to be faithful stewards to God, to simply give God the delight, there's something there we need to discover and confess. So I want to invite you to read with me the scriptures. The story found in Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16, it's the story of the laborers in the vineyard. And it reads like this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, that means the second time, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. Verse 5, when he went out again about noon, third time, and about three o'clock, fourth time, he did the same. And about five o'clock, fifth time, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. 
When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay. And notice this, beginning with the last and then going to the first. Verse 9, and when those hired about five o'clock came, first, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought, in other words, they expected they would receive more. But each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, look at the verb, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. First of all, let's thank God that this is um, not a, literally speaking, a true story. It has a completely truth lesson here for us to pick up on, but it's definitely not one of those. It's like a parable. It has an analogy to explore, and it's not the way for you to do a business plan. You'll, you'll be in ruins if you do that. The point is that the complaint of the workers who started at dawn is a reasonable complaint. It's reasonable. They're surprised because two things, Payment at the end of the day began with the ones who came last. So imagine those at dawn who had been working the whole day. Now they also have to observe the last one get paid first. And then number two, that everybody got the same wages. You may also have noticed how initially the first laborers agreed to a fair and just wage. They received it too. But when they observed the generosity of the landowner for someone other than them, they internalized it. They didn't see that it was about generosity. They didn't see that it was a merciful thing. They internalized it. What they saw, and, and what you can see, excuse me, it's how their sense of gratitude turned just like that into a reality and a sin of greed. Why? Because of a false pride. This story confronts our human desire, what I'm gonna say again as a false pride, to demand validation, to demand recognition, power, control, praise, admiration. This story reminds us that God is not a pushover, but God is generous beyond measure. And why should such generosity be condemned as injustice? If you ever want to imagine the day when you face the Lord and Jesus does roll call, 
It will not matter whether you are called first, whether it is in alphabetical order, whether how many committees you chaired or how many bags of food you distributed. That won't matter. What matters is that we're going to be called by our Lord to enter into the gate to do so with joy. And that's what we can't forget or shouldn't forget. The amazing grace that you and I can be called by name. And then even further, the more amazing grace that you and I can be called beloved, child, friend, faithful servant. The truth is we like our favored position here on this earth. And many people, many of us may struggle by being jealous of those who have more than we or seem to have worked less than what we did or have worked. We are to confess this and that is a posture of repentance. We are to collaborate with God's saving grace to restore us and renew us. It matters how we live this life because it helps you to be transformed into the kind of grateful person God calls us to be. And by being grateful, then as a result, we are also transformed to be generous for the right reasons. So our generosity may be measured and calculated but it does have its limits. But God's generosity can never be measured. So may you never hold God to your standard. That is not our place. Who can save us from ourselves? Who can save us from that false pride, that inclination to believe that God ought to fit and conform to our standard? Christ. This story tells us that some received justly and others received out mere out of mere compassion and mercy. I want you to think about the times when you know that you received God's grace, not unmerited, but merely out of compassion and mercy, just out of grace. Let us not forget that and be profoundly grateful. What you do in this life matters. Everything under the sun does matter. Our words and actions should mean something. They should not be a laughing matter or be undermined uh, because it doesn't match, because it lacks integrity. But don't risk pursuing and pursuing and pursuing and being so busy because maybe deep down what we're seeking is not to delight God and give God the glory, but because we are seeking security and, and power and validation and admiration of the world above God's. When generosity is exercised for the wrong reasons, we can hurt other people. We hurt ourselves, but we can hurt other people. How? Because you'll see it through the lens of um, other people's efforts. If they seem to you less, they don't deserve grace. So before you know it, you lack loving people the way God calls us to love them as we love ourselves. 
Like in the story, some people worked for much less time and received the same wage. I think many of us can relate to that kind of frustration, and it may lead you to grumble. Sometimes we don't see it at first. This sounds so um, selfish, self-centered. We assume that can't be me. But in time, notice how much you expect of others, how difficult it is to forgive, to be compassionate, to be merciful, to rejoice for the grace other people have received. Our best intentions can go astray. So this morning, I invite you to ask God to forgive you if you confess that there's been any false pride in you perhaps wounds that you do not see and others do not know of. We don't work for our salvation, but we do work out our new identity in Jesus Christ. We are to be faithful and generous stewards of what we have. So hear the good news. You're saved by grace, by faith alone. May that be our yearning for our neighbor. Collaborate. Step deeper into the greatest story of salvation. Who can save us? Who saves you? Lord Jesus Christ. And who can save us all? The Lord Jesus Christ. That is our desire as a Christian for the world around us. Who expects us to be generous for the right reasons? God Almighty, our trying God. And to whom do you attribute your meaning, your purpose, and your happiness? I just hope that Jesus um, has been the answer to these three questions. And I hope that you call upon the name of the Lord more than ever. Always give without remembering. Receive without forgetting. Happy Thanksgiving. Be grateful. Be truly grateful. God bless you.